0: I have helped you, you worthless creature! I've given you a purpose, you pathetic, delectable girl! You will feed me, you broken, luscious wretch! Because that's all you'll ever be good for! (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> There was no response from the lump under the covers on Hayden's bed. Hey, kiddo. Are you okay? Wake up.
1: Dad? Dad?
0: Hayden sat bolt upright in her bed, frantically looking around. Hayden, what is it? What's wrong?
1: Where am I? Help me, Dad!
0: What do you mean, sweetie? You're home! In your room! (laughs) Hayden's father sat down on her bed and pulled her into a big, warm hug. Oh, shh. shh, shh. You must have had a bad dream, that's all.
1: Yeah, I guess so. What time is it?
0: It's one in the afternoon. That's why I came in and woke you up. It's not like you to sleep in this late. Are you sure you're okay?
1: Yeah, I'm good.
0: Well, I didn't get called into work today, so I'll be just downstairs if you need anything. I love you, kiddo.
1: Thanks, Dad. Love you, too.
0: Hayden looked around her room cautiously. She knew what had happened to her was no dream. Liana was real and wasn't going to leave her alone. She could feel their presence. She could feel Liana all around her and within her. You're mine. Hayden lay in her bed, staring up at the ceiling. She didn't feel like getting out of bed. She didn't feel like getting dressed. She lay still, feeling the weight of the vines wrapping around her, holding her down, dimming the light from the windows, muffling the sound of the downstairs television. She felt nothing but the slow, automatic rise and fall of her chest with each breath, even that beyond her control. The world was gray and lifeless, her soul empty and depleted.
1: I have nothing left to give you. Nothing. You've won. Jess. I don't want to hear it right now. Mm. What is it now?
2: Uh, Hayden?
1: Huh? Oh, hi. Uh, Alex?
2: Yeah, hi. Sorry to call you out of the blue. But there's a bunch of us going to the park today. Since you... Didn't go to the movies. I thought maybe you'd like to come?
1: I... Oh... I... I'm really... I don't know what it is. I don't know why I'm telling you this, but... I've just been feeling awful. So, just please tell everyone I'm sick. Or my dad said I can't. Or, I don't know. Just anything.
2: I'm sorry. I know things are rough. I really do. Hey! I heard there's a new show on Netflix. I'll come over with popcorn and your favorite. Sour Patch Kids, right? And we'll watch it. But
1: aren't you going to the park with the others? I'm coming
2: at 5.30. Be ready.
0: Hayden stared at the phone. She'd never been as close with Alex as she was with Jess.
1: Why is he doing this? I don't exactly want company, but how can I tell him not to come now? I just admitted to him that I'm not sick, and that my dad didn't say no. He'll know anything I say isn't true.
0: Hayden was stumped, but as she lay there, pondering her choices, or lack thereof, she noticed something strange. Liana had gone silent. Hayden lay in the stillness for a long time, feeling frightened to move, fearing Liana would find her again if she did. Finally, carefully, she crawled out of bed. Nothing. She got dressed and brushed her hair, trying not to make any sudden sounds or movements. Nothing. She crept downstairs and slid a bagel into the toaster. When her lunch was ready, she brought it with her to the window seat, and ate it slowly as she opened up to page 99 of her ecology textbook. At 5.30, on the dot, the doorbell rang. Hayden opened it, and there stood Alex, as promised, with an armful of snacks and a friendly smile. Before Hayden could say anything at all...
2: Hey, can I come in? I know you've heard of the show, right? I mean, everyone keeps telling me that I absolutely have to watch it. So I was like, well, if I'm lucky, it'll actually be good. And if it's not, at least they'll get off my case about watching it.
0: <laughs> Alex gently pushed his way inside and set his bounty of popcorn and candy on the kitchen island. He glanced into the living room. Is your dad going to be watching with us, or...? Oh,
1: no. Dad? Hey, Dad, this is Alex, from soccer, remember? Is it okay with you if we use the TV for a while?
0: Alex and Hayden binge-watched four episodes, it was actually quite a funny show. Hayden even caught herself laughing out loud a few times. Alex was constantly offering to refill snack bowls and drink cups, and Hayden was surprised to find herself feeling genuinely relaxed and at ease. Every once in a while, she thought she could feel Liana's presence, but it was overlaid with... Was it fear? Was Liana afraid?
2: Hungry. I guess every once in a while
0: Gabby does have
2: good taste in TV shows after all, huh?
0: <laughs> there was an awkward bit of silence as Alex watched Hayden pick out a bit of fuzz stuck to a couch cushion. My older sister,
2: she's in college. She's been going through a lot of the same things you have. What? Hayden looked up suddenly. It started two years ago. She just started shutting down. She lost interest in everything she used to love. She stopped hanging out with friends. She had a hard time just doing ordinary things. Hayden looked back down at the couch cushion,
0: feeling embarrassed.
2: It's okay. I understand. My sister, her name's Kate. She was diagnosed with depression a year ago. It's a real thing, Hayden. A medical condition. It has nothing to do with your personality... Or your competence. Can't
0: just try harder. Can't just cheer up. Hayden looked up again. She could see the sincerity in her friend's expression.
1: I know. I've been thinking about it for a while, that I might have... But even if it's medical, everyone says that getting outdoors, spending time with people, just trying to be as normal as possible is what gets you through it. That's mainly how you treat it, right? If I sit around and mope, I'm doing this to myself.
2: Uh, Here's the thing.
0: At least, this is what Kate's told me. Alex repositioned himself on the couch, so he was directly facing Hayden.
2: Those things do make you feel better, it's true, but having depression, it's like...
0: He searched for
2: the right words. It's like having a monster that clings to you all the time, 24-7. And this monster tells you, every moment, waking and sleeping, that you can't get up, you can't go to school, you can't live your life, you can't do anything because you're not good enough, and you're not strong enough, and you never will be. People who have never experienced it just don't get it. (sighs) When you tell someone with depression to push through their illness, you're telling them to battle unarmed, an incredibly powerful, utterly relentless force that's actively opposing every single bit of effort they try to make, that's pushing back against every minuscule forward movement, and all the while telling them, screaming to them, that they will fail. And that's What you're saying to people with depression. Every time you tell them to just get
0: over it. Hayden nodded in recognition. Alex's words rang so
1: true. My dad tells me every day that he always has to do things he doesn't want to. Everyone does, it's just a part of life.
2: And he's right, but he doesn't have to do those things while simultaneously trying to fight off a demon. You should be proud of yourself, Hayden. Every time you take the tiniest step forward, you should be patting yourself on the back. And you should be surrounding yourself with people who get it, because they'll pat you on the back too. Rather than acting like your victories, no matter how small, are no big deal.
1: Like what Jess does.
2: Jess doesn't get it.
1: But she really wants to.
2: Yes, she does. And I believe she can, because she really cares about you. If you'll let me, I can help you explain it to her. And to your dad. Me and Kate too, when she's home. My whole family. We're happy to help you, Hayden. If you feel okay about it, we can listen. We can help you do things that are hard for you and when you feel just plain hopeless. We can come over and sit and watch stupid TV shows with you. So you don't have to be alone.
1: I'd... I'd really like
2: that. Thank you. It's no problem, Hayden. When you can't fight that monster alone, we'll fight it with you.
0: Hayden and her father became very close with Alex and his family. Jess was ever so slowly beginning to understand. It'll take time and Hayden's father helped Hayden find a counselor to talk to. In fact, he spent many sessions speaking with the counselor himself, learning how to best help Hayden. People usually have to learn how to help.
2: Your dad really has always wanted what's best for you. He
0: just didn't know how to give it to you. As for Gabby and Miss Thompson, they remained utterly convinced of their correctness and didn't change a single bit.
2: There will always be people like that, and you may need to let them go. Some you'll be glad to get rid of, but others will be more difficult. Bottom line is that you need to take care of yourself first. Stay away from people who help the monster and surround yourself with people who will help you fight it. The fight
0: will never be over, but you can learn to hold your own. And it was true. Liana wasn't gone. Liana still sought out every opportunity to weaken Hayden's defenses. And when they succeeded, they feasted just as eagerly as they had previously. On her worst days, Hayden would find herself back in the forest. The trees were just as imposing as ever. The colors just as strange. The furtive shimmers just as unsettling. But... Despite its odd appearance and uninviting aura, she occasionally found its eerie beckon impossible to resist.
1: You're back. I told you. You'll
0: always come back. Liana slunk from behind a tree, leaning on it for support. You're mine, and you always will be. Don't fool yourself into thinking you'll ever be free. Liana crawled towards Hayden, their tendrils waving in the air, looking for purchase. You're
1: right. I won't ever be free from you.
0: Liana stopped advancing, flicking their vines. They licked their lips eagerly, but a hint of worry flickered across their face.
1: But look at you. Look at your sunken eyes and your dull Limp hair. Look at your sagging clothes and protruding bones. I may never be completely free of you, but it's you who needs me to survive, not the other way around. And if I have anything to say about it, all you'll get from me from now on are scraps.
0: An old man is teaching his grandson about life. A fight is
1: going on inside me,
0: he says to the boy.
1: It is a terrible fight, and it is between two wolves. One is evil. He is anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. The other is good. He is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The same fight is going on inside you, and inside every other person too.
0: The grandson thinks about it for a minute, and then asks his grandfather, which wolf will win? The old man simply replies,
1: the one you feed.
0: Pry right away from me You don't ever listen And you live with your complacency You don't scare me But you should fear
2: me The sun is setting Don't trust to hear me You
0: made a monster I'm your imposter Go ahead and wander But don't trust the one okay,